Jonathan, can you believe it? Our honeymoon in Thailand was magical. I know, Haley. It was the perfect destination for our first adventure as a married couple. I never imagined I'd fall in love with a country so quickly. The beautiful beaches, the temples, vibrant markets, oh, and the incredible food. Thailand truly stole our hearts. Oh, and how can we forget that elephant sanctuary? I'll never forget the joy on your face when that baby elephant hugged you with its trunk. <laughs> that? Now that was an unforgettable moment. And spending it with you and our beautiful son made it even more special. Oh, Jonathan, I feel the same way. Our little Ivor was such a trooper throughout the trip, wasn't he? Look at him. He's sleeping so peacefully. Yeah. He's an angel. He made me laugh so much when he tried counting from one to ten. I recorded it on Bobby, his toy bear. <laughs> that is so cute! His little voice rattling off those numbers. I'm so grateful we had this time as a family. It was pure bliss. Our honeymoon is just the beginning of our incredible journey together. And speaking of incredible, I couldn't believe we were able to catch the Minnesota Twins in the Red Sox game live on TV. 6 a.m. in Phuket, just before the boat ride, and we're watching the game. Hey, come on. I couldn't help but cheer for my home team. Of course. It was quite a game. I couldn't resist teasing you when the Twins won. But you know, I'm starting to develop a soft spot for the Red Sox. <gasps> I thought you were a true Twins fan. <laughs> well, love has a way of making us appreciate others. This is Captain Eamon Andrews, and we're currently cruising at an altitude of 34,000 feet. Now, just an update on our flight time. I can't wait to meet your grandparents in London. It's a shame they couldn't attend our wedding, but this visit will give us a chance to connect with them. I hope they like you. They're quite traditional, and meeting you will be a big deal for them. But I'm sure they'll see what I see. A loving, caring man who makes me smile every day. Family is important, and I want them to know that I love you and Ivor with all my heart. You've made me the happiest woman in the world. Remember that beautiful sunset we witnessed on our last night in Bangkok? I was staying at the sky like magic. It was like the world was celebrating our love, Haley. That moment will stay with me forever. Let's make sure he enjoys his sleep. It's been a long day for him, and this is a long flight to London. There'll be more time for kissing later. Ooh, is that a promise? We'll see. Ah! Hold on tight to me! Don't hey, let go! Mommy and Daddy are here! I love you more than words can express. Ah! I'll always remember that. I don't want to
Site 1971 by Amana Bid. Episode 2 Force Majeure. Is this thing actually working? Ah, <laughs> ah you can hear me now. That's great. Hello, everyone. Oh, shit, shit. I have to deliver my speech. Could, uh, could we not just get pissed instead? Speech! 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 Okay, okay. Whew, tough crowd. Hello, everyone. You'll need to excuse me as someone here is having a retirement party against their will. Most people hate their jobs, but... I actually love doing mine. I, um, I hate saying goodbyes, especially under these circumstances. I've got mixed feelings about being here and how I ended up being here and on this stage. <laughs> but then, nothing is ever clear as it should be. Here's looking at you, Stuart. Where's that asshole? We're all here for you, to give you a good send-off Stop it! Yeah. A good send-off is one way of putting it. It's a shame I'm, uh, I'm leaving under these circumstances, but... To have you all here, well... Those that I like... Only kidding. I love all of you. Actually, I... I don't even know what I'm saying, because even I know that. Come on, Miriam. <laughs> I'm a pain to work with at times. Oh God, this is painful. Why didn't I take Joe's advice? Write something down, she said. Say something nice. <laughs> Come on, Miriam, you can do it. Okay. 16 years of service in this job. It's been a real honor to work with this team. I... There you go. I've said it. Lap it up. You're simply the best people our organization has to offer. You work tirelessly through the night and day to investigate aviation incidents at home and abroad, while also managing your family commitments. Something which I believe is very hard, but know nothing about. Anyway, that's a different story. Your investigative prowess is recognized around the world. But most importantly, you bring your humanity to help bring closure to families who've lost loved ones in air incidents. Never forget why you do this job and always remind those above you that truth and closure, well, These, uh, these last few months have been really, really hard for me. But to those who came here to give me a send-off today, thank you so much. Really, really thank you, guys.
a good time. You've seen the news. I know. That's why I'm calling. The Foreign Secretary has summoned Mariam. Do you think it's related? You already know the answer. I can't deal with this right now. Where are you? Outside her leaving do. I'm taking her back to Carlton Gardens. My people are jumping around. I'm in Iran? Of all places? How did the fucking plane end up in Iran? We're just as much in the dark as you are. Why is he not called the AAIB? It turns out they have history. Shit. Shit. We never saw this coming. Look, I need to go. My people are hounding me on the other lines. Keep me posted. I paid a big price for opening my mouth. He can't touch you now. Look at him. You're now what's important. Gloating at me and his new promotion. When you leave tonight, you leave with grace. You hear me? I still have that scene running as a loop over and over again. Oh, come on, Stuart. We were always concerned that some people may decide to go external on this one. Give it a break. Without first piecing the relevant facts together. You even said it yourself. Foster Aviation were covering this up. Oh, come on, Mariam. This is not a conspiracy. Not even the auditor was able to corroborate your version. My source clearly stated that there were several helicopters. What and source? It was based on a lie. You and Joe both accepted this as a possibility. <sighs> You've been blindsided by this malignant witness who was what? Just vanished without a trace. <sighs> well, you got what you wanted. Not based on merit but because there's a hole and they need a yes man to fill it. The stress got to you. It made you weak. Mistakes became a regular pattern, which is why you're sitting on that side of the table. Oh, come on, Stuart. Give it a break. No, no way. Because of her, they are now sceptical about Joe's analysis. Why am I only now hearing about this? They've made up their minds. What do you mean, they've made up their minds? This entire investigation has been corrupted. They're going to start afresh under a new team that includes reviewing your processes to analyse the victim fragmentation patterns. How is it acceptable to hound me about my investigatory process? Blame her, not me. They got my scalp. Why trample over Joe's work? A clean start. Stuart, there were more whole bodies that were recovered from the victims seated on the helicopter's right side and back half. The increased fragmentation of victims seated on the left is consistent with structural damage from a left side impact as it hit the water. There's no need to run that part of the investigation again. Sorry, Mariam. It doesn't matter anymore. We all have to start again, because she's destroyed the credibility of this team. Afterwards, he was given another opportunity to humiliate me, while HR looked the other way. I'm glad I did what I did, and I'm glad to get out of here. Excuse me, Mom. I'm Major Coleman, attached to the Foreign Office. Are you Dr. Mariam? What is this about? You'll need to explain yourself. There's a crowd of people and their eyes are all on you, especially as you're barging in on my leaving due. We've been asked to escort you to the Foreign Office immediately. What's the Major doing here? You two know each other. We're not acquainted, Mom. The Foreign Secretary has requested your attendance personally. I'm going to need more than a guise of national security to extricate me from this. Rather large glass of wine. Ma'am, um, 
I was asked to relay this message. I am sorry. That's all the Foreign Secretary said. Huh. What does Charlie want? I think I ought to go. You're just going to leave us? I don't want to be shot for disobeying an order. I'll call you later. You better. You don't think that's weird? Charles Davenport, Foreign Secretary, calling the army to bring her in like that. How did you know he was a major? He wore a lapel pin of a major. My old man used to wear his after leaving the army. Really? This is not going away. Yeah, well... Tomorrow's another day. We should have ended this much sooner. She's left a mess for us. She's left it a mess for you. So, where's the wife tonight? At her parents with the kids. Good. Let's take this bottle, head back to my place, and liven up the mood. This is Channel 10 News. I'm Anna Costelli. We begin with breaking news of a passenger plane that has crashed in Iran after it went missing on a routine flight from Bangkok to London. At least 320 passengers and crew are feared dead. Rescue workers say there were no survivors. The British airliner Skyways Flight 1971 was bound for London after it experienced an unexplained course change. Satellite tracking shows it crashed somewhere in hilly, rugged terrain just north of Tehran's international airport. Iranian state media reports the aircraft came down due to technical problems. The Foster Aviation Factory in Bristol, England, has just put out a statement saying it is aware of the reports in Iran and will make an announcement after it has gathered more information. That's all they've said so far, so stay tuned for more information here from Channel 10 News. Mariam, thank you for coming here at short notice. It's good to see you after all this time. Hello, Charlie. Twenty years. Zero contact. Shall we have that conversation in front of the Major? Thank you, Major. That will be all. I'll be waiting outside, sir. We got the flowers. A call would have been nice. Turning up even better. How would it have looked? It would have looked as if you cared. I did care. But you didn't want anything to do with me. He treated you like family. We all did. Well, I called because I need your help. With what? I'm not employed anymore. We lost a passenger jet in Iran. Foster and the CAA burnt me. You've lost a plane and I've lost my job. Which is why I've asked you here. Look, if it's any consolation, the CAA are embarrassed. And Foster Aviation? Well... They're doing whatever they can to protect their interests. For telling the truth. For creating a headache and liability. Oh, could you write that for my LinkedIn reference? Because I could use some help to get my next job. I have something better, but short term. Do you still drink? <laughs> Enough to get me through the evenings. Well, there's no time like the present. How is uh, Eloise? Hmm? Eloise, your wife? How is she? Uh, she's good. 
She's been appointed as Silk, Queen's Council. Great opportunity for her. But it means more hours. Not that it matters that much. This job seems to be swallowing me up in hours. She was fantastically thorough in that case of the whistleblower. Which one? The doctor whose privacy was breached. You know, um, that big tech US company, they made unauthorized publication of her personal information on the cloud when she turned whistleblower. Data law? Yep, that's the one. I thought it had an ironic name. Perhaps I should have asked Eloise for legal representation. The whole point of a pension is to enjoy the fruits of your labour, not pay for the pain. Thanks for the support. Let's make a toast to your late dad, who was a great man fighting a great cause. And may the light shine brighter for his daughter in getting a new job. Mmm. That's good. Tobamori, 18 years, single malt. <laughs> he not change. I'd like you to take a look at something. Footage just came in from Reuters. The jet crash in Iran. There's a two-hour embargo before it airs. Come on, Charlie, really? This is why you've called me. Tell me, what do those curious eyes see? Well, as long as your major drives me back home... Oh, okay. No aerial shot, so... We can't determine the spread of the crash. We're looking at... Uh, part of the fuselage. It's difficult to make out, but obviously it's been severely compromised. We need to have a team on site to properly analyse the scene. They've located the two deceased pilots. Chatter indicates they're still looking for survivors. The plane is in pieces. Whereabouts did it crash? Military compound, 20 miles north of Tehran airport. That entire area is patrolled by the Iranian Revolutionary Guards. Did they mistake it for a hostile? It's far from clear the cause of the crash. What we do know is the flight left Bangkok on time destined for London, but then made an unscheduled course change over Afghanistan towards Iran. That's a significant course change. Hijacking gone wrong? It's possible. But with nothing concrete to connect that theory. The US are still monitoring the situation in Afghanistan. What about their satellite data? The Americans are not showing their hand. What does that mean? It means we have to wait. Huh. So much for that special relationship. Look, Charlie. What am I doing here? We have a crime scene involving 300 Britons. But the Iranians have denied our request to send in our team. Have we at least asked them to hand over the plane's black boxes? Denied. Huh, no surprise there. They have no intention to hand it over to Foster Aviation, the UK, or any other authority. Is this the reason why you've called me? Because of Foster Aviation? The Americans have hit the pause button on the Vienna talks. And the UK and the Europeans are anxious the other Middle East states will withdraw. Okay, so what does that have to do with me? The next Iranian president to be sworn in, Reza Yazdi has created an unfortunate complication in the investigation of the crash. He's a hard-lying cleric with no appetite to talk to the West. Have you reached out to their allies, the Russians or Chinese to broker? They've been denied, which is making everyone nervous. However, we've been given a small window of hope. The Iranians have nominated someone to take charge of the investigation. Someone outside the system. 
They want you. What? Are they being serious? The crash, coming shortly after the stall talks, has immediately triggered signs of distrust. Did you agree to this, Charlie? It's why I called you. Wait, wait. This doesn't make any sense. They want me to handle this investigation? As a member of the International Civil Aviation Organization, they've invoked the full interpretation. Annex 13. I'm afraid they have. That allows a country where the incident occurred to delegate the investigation to an outside agency. They want to be seen to conduct an impartial inquiry. I don't have a job. I'm not part of the AAIB. Any investigation would be outside the scope of the ICAO. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm not impartial when it comes to Iran. General Habib is flying into London tomorrow. What? We've arranged a meet-up. You've been in contact with my uncle? Twenty miles north of Tehran is a crime scene involving 300 Britons. You make a toast to my father who was butchered by these people. And now you want me to go and help the fucking regime? I expect you to do your job. Today, Foster Aviation destroyed my career. And tomorrow you're asking me to meet with this butcher. Mariam? Mariam! He's expecting to meet with you tomorrow. General Habib arrested my father. And Reza Yazdi, the butcher of Tehran, who is about to become the new president, ordered the execution of my father because he was a journalist. And now, now what? The regime calls you, offering this deal, and you roll over like an obedient dog, wanting your tummy rubbed for peace. You'll have full diplomatic immunity. My father was murdered by this regime for telling the truth. They don't care about diplomatic immunity. Just meet with him. See what he has to say. You think you can build peace with them? You're a bigger fool than I thought. Mariam. Don't. Don't come near me. Don't touch. Don't touch me. You know what they did to him? Of course you do. MI6 must have prepared a sanitized briefing for you. But let me tell you what they did, which is not in the report. It's a conversation with General Habib. My hands are tied on this. Poor metaphor. They held him up by a rope, tied to his hands. At each prayer time, he was whipped. Five times a day, for days and weeks, he endured this. We sent letters. We asked the UK government to help us. But they did nothing. When he wrote his final letter, it was his will. He had lost all hope. They made sure he'd never leave Iran alive. The UK and the EU have given a go-ahead for this meeting. I thought that was one of the perks of being a British citizen, so I don't have to do the politics. 300 Britons lost their lives. The Iranians come back to the table only if you agree to investigate. It's about doing the right thing. Statecraft suits you. You speak in platitudes, but there's always a plan behind the plan. I didn't call you to argue about the past. Nothing changes with you. It doesn't matter who gets hurt, because it doesn't bother you. As I remember, you made sure of that. Really? You want to do this now? Do you remember what you said to me that night after you found out? You can trust me to do the right thing. You didn't then, and you're sure as hell not doing it now. What do you want to hear from me? Twenty years ago I made a decision. It hurt you and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for leaving you for Eloise. 
Keep telling yourself that, because tomorrow I'm the one being forced to face the enemy. To solve a crime scene involving 300 Britons. I'm afraid you have to. Episode 2, Force Majeure, was written and produced by Amal Abid. Miriam Bayat was played by Farida Abdel Aziz. Charles Davenport was played by Kareen Cromfley. Henrietta Foster was played by Ginny Martin. Major Coleman and Stuart Brody was played by Jason Munn. Juan Well and the Prisoner were played by Robin Regalado. Anna Castelli was played by Jeanette R. Smith. Jonathan Matthews was played by Frederick S. Gregory. Haley Matthews was played by Rachel Marshall. The Captain was played by Aman Abid. Other voices were provided by the actors appearing in this episode. everything I need to know. I don't know. I don't remember. It was the drugs. You have to believe me. I know, darling. I know. Drugs make life quite hard. And I do feel sorry that you've had such a wretched life. But you were quite sober to copy the exact files needed for her investigation. What did she offer you in return? Nothing. Nothing. Dangerous confidants come in all shapes and sizes. They're sometimes emotionally scheming and deceitful. I don't want to be here! <laughs> oh, my dear. Take that fucking Rasputin, the crafty manipulator of the Russian imperial family. That's not true! She made me do it! Why would you believe me? I... He gained considerable influence because the family believed the charlatan could heal their son of hemophilia. I don't know. Please. I've done nothing wrong. I don't want to die like this. All overtly bad confidants have sociopathic personalities. I get it. I understand it. I didn't... I didn't do anything wrong. Please let me go. Here lies the problem. 
What I do is for the love of this company, but what you do is lie and cheat without any constraint. If you let me go, I can help you. I can do whatever you want me to. I believe full disclosure of how she came into possession of this information may help expedite this matter. Thank you. I'm... I'm so sorry. I will do anything, please. I will tell you everything. I will tell you everything. That's very good. Because it will no, bring you closer please. to God with no, a lot God, less please, pain. Please. I'll tell you everything. No, no, no! You will tell me everything I need to know. <laughs> Drama in 10.